0: What we're talking about just reminded me In high school whenever I would load The Sims 3 on my my laptop It would be like <laughs> I love that and like you could like see the laptop shaking.
1: Oh, okay. And,
0: but you know you're in high school. The fact
1: that you had uh, your own laptop in high school is so bougie. I oh love yeah. That for you.
0: And obviously you're in high school, so you just ignore it. Yeah. I feel like if that was happening to me today, I would shut down the program. You know, because yeah. I'd be worried.
1: No, I'd keep it going because I'm really toxic. You're a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. You would just keep
0: it going. I didn't keep it going. I've heard your computer making those noises.
1: Like, so we had on a fan because we're in the office, and I haven't been up here all day it been like running around, so busy. And mm-hmm. so I came up here and I wanted to just get the air flowing, so I turned on the fan. And then I turned it off because I didn't want the sound of the fan in there. But then my computer squeal is just <laughs> as loud as the fan. <laughs> so speaking of which, hi everyone. I'm Skyler. I'm Sammy. Welcome to today's podcast. You're
0: not even going to believe what I have in store for us today, my portion. <gasps> it's like directly mythological and spiritual from a psychological perspective. It's oh, a shit. it's an absolute gem of a find. What do you uh what's a little preview for what you have? I'm
1: not going to tell you anything. I played the fifth. Mine's not that interesting, but actually oh. I think it is. <laughs> I it's, it's just something that I have been thinking a lot about, so I kind of wanted to talk about it in general and so mm-hmm. we'll see if how I can segue into it. But uh Anything, before we get into our topics and stuff like that, anything new to catch up on? Or? I just
0: finished a book, everyone, that I recommend and don't recommend. I, oh, like I every, love that. feel like everyone should, like, read the synopsis and see what they think. It's a book called Loving Day by... I think his name is Matt Johnson. <clears throat> but anyways, it should That's be the only book. amazing
1: name ever. Yeah,
0: something like that. And it's, uh, it's written by a man who's half black, half white. And so the story is kind of um, about that. It's... It asks this huge question. Is it possible to be half black in America? In the sense that usually people say either you're black or you're not. Yeah. You know, people obviously say, like, I'm mixed, but that's a new concept. Uh And basically this book does an amazing job of just kind of picking apart every angle of what it means to, to have mixed race parents. Yeah. And it was... So well done in some ways and so like really weird and out of touch, out of touch yeah, in okay. some ways, but not even that it was out of touch because I mean, the story takes place in Philadelphia, which is a place where we've never lived in a community we've never lived in. And right. <clears throat> so like maybe for that community, that's exactly what it was. But also there was a haunting. So Ooh. he moves into this really old like Victorian house in the middle of Philadelphia and it's, it has ghosts.
1: Cool. But he
0: doesn't, but. On the flip side, we don't know if they're actually ghosts or if they're, like, drug addicts that are, like, invading his home.
1: Wait, what? I'm it's, sorry. Like I said, what?
0: everyone just has to read the
1: Wait, book. Wait, what? I
0: think they were ghosts. Okay. But, um, you'll That's ever... interesting. But there's no right answer. And it's okay. not a spoiler because it's, like, on page one. <clears throat> okay. But here's the real topic for today.
1: <laughs> don't want to ask me what I've been up to or anything. Just...
0: Oh, were you up straight- to anything? <laughs>
1: to let them know about our little adventure that we had the other day
0: oh yeah at the antique I've been, shop like
1: telling everybody and i just think it was the coolest thing well there was a, Upload a picture to
0: instagram
1: oh god it's so much work yeah okay well um uh yeah you asked me to go for like a little walk because there's like a, a bookshop near the downtown that we live it was like a 10 to 12 minute walk mm-hmm. and we went there and it was cute it was cool you got some things um, it's a really good little shop that you could literally walk to, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything like, oh my God, this is the best No new ever. releases,
0: strictly no, used. No, it's which, definitely... Like, used, used.
1: Yeah. Which is fine, because you can find some treasures in you can there. You find some
0: treasures in but there. But it would
1: have been nice to have a, at least a little bit of a mix or yeah, something. Yeah, a
0: little bit of a new section at the front, where like, yeah. I'm willing to pay full price for a book yep. if it's at an independently owned shop.
1: Yeah. I mean, that. what was cool is they had like records and stuff in there oh, yeah. too, so it wasn't... And, you know just um books it was had some really cool like a really big record <coughs> section actually like final section um anyways we checked that out then we went to another store and then on the way back we hit up this antique shop that's like literally right at the end of the main road that we live at I would say it's a minute car ride and like five a five minute like walk five minute walk um and it's so cute this woman has rented out this entire Old home and it's like two stories and every single room is just filled with different things and they have some of the rooms are like themed, like mm-hmm. the one room we went in it was like old memorabilia and the other one was like a grand pi- a white grand piano with like all this angel wings and stuff like it was. Did you very... see the
0: huge image of Jesus?
1: Yeah, of course. How could I forget? How could I miss it? Hey, Jesus. <laughs> and then we were like by the front room, I guess. <clears throat> And I saw this piece and I just like... I don't know. I was like, I have, I have to, have, to have this. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like... It's a
0: scale. To, but it's but it's it doesn't a, operate as a scale. It's not
1: a working scale. And it's not like a you stand on it scale. It's like a glass and <laughs> <It's> metal piece. <laughs> and it's art. And it ha- it's like yellowy honey glass. And it like has a big stem. And then there's a metal eagle and a metal like kind of hanger that comes across and two metal chained droppings. I don't know how to explain it. And like two glass cups at the bottom or bowls that look like flowers. It literally looks like the Libra scales Mm -hmm. Um, or even like the justice card scales. And I just was like, this is the weirdest, coolest fucking thing I have ever seen. Um, but I also fell in love with this painting upstairs and I was like, I want both of these things and I can't get both of them. So Skylar's like, I haven't gotten you anything for your birthday yet. (laughs) Do you want me to buy you the scale thing? And I was like, absolutely. What a gift. That was so, (laughs) so nice and generous. Um, so we took that home and then I left without the painting because I needed to think about it. And also we walked.
0: You needed to think about it for 10 minutes.
1: Literally. (laughs) Mostly it was just because I was like, I can't carry this massive thing home.
0: (laughs) Just carrying a a Salvador Dali painting home. So yeah, I mean, this
1: painting was marked as 250 and it's this massive painting. I think it's the biggest piece of artwork I have to date. Um... It's fully framed with this really beautifully detailed gold frame. And it's a reproduction piece, but it's Salvador Dali, and the colors are incredible. And whoever did this reproduction piece did a masterful job. Like, it is literally the most gorgeous piece of artwork I have ever seen. Um, and it has like a slight little warping to the top left of the canvas, but it's not punctured. So I went back with my car literally 10 minutes later and I was like, I'm give it fast. give it
0: to me. Will you
1: take 200? And she was like, okay. <laughs> and I took this shit and I am just living large, living high. I've literally told everyone I know about it. I'm showing off. I just love it. So I will try and post pictures on the Instagram, but I'm just yeah. Got some hanging baskets today. Got my veggie plants. I um, got cucumbers and tomatoes and sweet, you got everything you sweet need. peppers and regular peppers and green beans and I'm thriving, everyone. It's a good week. This is my birthday week, so I'm, I'm doing what, what mama wants, mama gets.
0: You're living it up.
1: All right. I think that's my update. I'm doing well because the last few weeks, maybe even the last few months, guess what, guys? I haven't been doing so well. So I'm very <laughs> glad to say... She's thriving. Who buys thriving. three new
0: things. The, <laughs> it's a new woman. The trial
1: is back on today. We had the first cross-examination of Amber Turd, and bitch, did Camille come through? Camille is Johnny Depp's one of Johnny Depp's legal team, and gosh, she's hot. And she just job. came shooting out the gate. So I got to play with flowers and veggie plants and look at my new artwork and listen to Camille tear Amber Turd open, and it was great oh god i'm ready for the topic now
0: so this comes to us from an actual psychological publication yeah like i didn't get this from psychology today like i (gasps) went into a database and found something like this
1: God. uh... and it's actually
0: from the carl gustav jung institute of los angeles
1: wow um,
0: so it's called trauma war and spiritual transformation a mythological perspective
1: my and brain it, hurts already. Yes, I know. Okay.
0: But I love those words all together.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: I love having a mythological perspective on things, especially if it's coming from the Jung Institute. You just know it's going to be juicy. Mm-hmm. And the author's name is Reina Manuel Perry.
1: Okay. I hate them. Just <laughs> kidding. They've done nothing to me. I just, it just sounds like.
0: So here is the abstract. Um, and then there is a trigger warning for suicide for just some of the soldier concepts okay. for this it kind of ties into the mythology okay. aspect so it says the statistics are staggering approximately 22 veterans commit suicide every single day in the united states which is i did that's, not know that
1: that's that's insane
0: 22 wow. um, a previous study done a few years ago put the number at 38 and then, obviously, we don't have an unlimited number of soldiers. And the literal reason that it started going down was because we had less soldiers to commit suicide. Are you kidding? Not kidding. It says, why? it is in. It
1: says, why?
0: It's like, why is this happening? And it's like, <laughs> it seems pretty obvious to me. But it says, it is in pursuit of an answer that this article came to be written in a mythological lens seemed to bring the most understanding and depth to a possible answer for me. So, this is like an editorial piece. Um, she does list um like references and like links to other psychological studies so she's not just like making this stuff up but it is ultimately an editorial and obviously it's union it's mythological so it's not completely factual but it is really interesting and it's really um well put except for there is if anyone reads this article they'll know exactly what i'm talking about there is a paragraph in here that is so out of touch in reference to, like, indigenous spirituality that I was like, what is going on with this? Like, I mm. want to email her and be like, what were you thinking with this part- yeah. portion? I'm leaving that portion out. But okay. if anyone reads it, they should know there is a portion of this article where you're like, where you're what the like, hell?
1: Why? And why would you write why this? Why would you write? Okay. Well, good heads up.
0: So, basically, it starts off with not only do we have that concrete number of veterans who are actually physically dying, it it's also taking into account... Um, people that come back from war that forfeit their lives through drugs and alcohol and basically indirectly kill themselves. And when we take that into account, the number is, uh, in the, in the hundreds almost every single day, like something absolutely insane. Um, and then also people come back, um, they become homeless, end up in jail, blah, 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 Yeah. So overall, it is believed that 7.7 million people in the United States have PTSD, 7.7 million. Yeah, that's... That's an insane amount of people. And it says, so at home... But
1: how many of those are from...
0: So it's just giving, like, the overall view of, like, this concept of PTSD in the United States. So it just said there's a... It's
1: just I've been listening to this trial, and, like, one of the things that they talk about is how overdiagnosed PTSD PTSD is. And how it's really easy to feign or not feign like, I guess, fake or feign, exaggerate on symptoms. And, mm-hmm. like, if you don't, you know, really... Have it. Have, like, detailed enough tests, it's very easy to... Just be... Basically just be like, yes, I have PTSD. And then a lot of professionals would be
0: like, okay. Okay, yes, you do. Yes, you do.
1: <laughs> like, not, not, like, discounting or anything. It's just interesting because I never had thought about that before. And mm. I think on a lot of things to be diagnosed with, there are certain things that are probably overdiagnosed or easier oh, yeah. to fake than others and I can see how PTSD might be one of them
0: especially in America um, like where we all have ADD blah 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 yeah. That, you know. yeah
1: but I'm not trying to discredit or discount or like put it down it's just interesting. exactly yeah
0: so at home we have a great deal of violence um we have because uh-huh, of me Yes, and it just kind of lists (laughs) some of the random (laughs) violences. So, in fact, in the United States alone, a study done in 2006 reported that 3.6 million children were the subject of Child Protective Services investigations, and of those 3.6 million investigations, 1 million children were found to have been neglected and abused. So, like, it's just like... I
1: hate it.
0: It's, like, these numbers are so disturbing, and it's just so important that we're all aware that... It's just like when you're out, when we're out and about in public. Yeah. These numbers are so enormous that there's no way that we aren't passing people every single day that aren't going through this right. stuff or are products of this type of background. It's like
1: that thing. Like you just never you know. just never know what somebody else is going through. Has been
0: through, and but like those numbers were just at completely astronomical to me. So this lady teaches, um, she actually has like a therapeutic class that she teaches and um, former soldiers and like former war veterans will come to this class and like, they all talk and discuss things. And she says that many of the classes that she teaches, um, people there are blah, 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 looking for a different future. Oh, a lot of people enlist into the military with the promise of an education after their tour of duty. That is one of the primary reasons that people join the military. It says some people escape difficult situations at home, people are escaping violence, people are escaping, like, drug abuse, alcoholism, people join the military not because they want to be, like, violent soldiers, Mm -hmm. they're avoiding, they're joining to escape our capitalist system.
1: I mean, yeah, there's, there's so much research that backs the fact that, like, I mean, the opportunities that are, at least in America, that the Mm -hmm. service provides for you education-wise, healthcare-wise, you know, funding for future, you know.
0: Right? Like, why would you not join if you were young and naive and like, okay, I'll have everything taken care of. And so many of these young people... That's not
1: how it is around the rest of the world either. And it's really sad yeah it's really sad
0: but thank goodness though because like in other countries they have like mandatory conscription where like once you turn 18 Troll. you have to be Troll. in the military for a year mandatory and whenever i hear old like white men being like we should do that here i'm just like oh god please no you i would, would not have survived literally
1: not survive actually we've talked about it you would survive you would just be shooting into the ground and it would yes. hit something and kill your like kill old people or all something. my friends
0: or me or something yeah so many people, um, like based on those other statistics I was reading, you about like one million children were like recognized by the government as being like neglected or abused. Ugh. Those are the children joining the military. So it said.
1: Interesting. So it
0: said those people are already primed for PTSD. So it said it's not necessarily oh. going to war that gives people PTSD necessarily. It's that the people that join the They're military so are fragile. more likely to have been primed for it in the first place. Mm. So it makes them a perfect fit for war. It says abuse in childhood. Oh, also
1: I hate that. Scientists. Abuse in
0: childhood makes people perfect combat soldiers because they already have years of hyper vigilance in practice with honing survival skills so it's disgusting it's disgusting and it's disturbing and so it says the ptsd would almost certainly be triggered for the same reason because the terror and thrill of combat also triggers the abuse experience in people's childhood so it's just like layer upon layer upon layer of terrible things and i and while i was reading this i had never considered that just this layering and like the people that are most likely to join the military are also potentially the most emotionally vulnerable and stuff like that yeah so while she was teaching a course on myth and symbol and magic and ritual so this girl's clearly a witch
1: (laughs) for the past 14
0: years has helped me find an answer to this very difficult question the answer has come to me through one of the four functions of myth and this is where i felt like it was very speaking of which the stories of myth are our most primal teachers. One aspect of myth provides a cosmological understanding of the world in which we live. Its sociological function teaches us about our relationship to our society, its morals, values, and rules, Um, The psychological function of myth, which we're kind of talking about, and then also the metaphysical function of myth, blah, 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 blah. Let me go forward. So Schopenhauer and Kant, The philosophers understood that we are subject to time and space and that they are a filter or veil through which we perceive life. The philosophers called it the spatial and temporal forms of sensibility, but every once in a while it's also called one-pointed meditation, during which all of our personal concerns drop away or are removed from us by an external event or great force, example, war. We can experience a piercing of the veil during which we come to the realization that our perception of being separate from life is false. Simply put, the truth that we are one with all life, no matter what it is, reveals itself to us and ourselves in a sacred manner. Um, Carl Gustav Jung would refer to it as the participation mystique. Mm. So... One of the reasons why those metaphysical or mystical experiences are fleeting is because our society doesn't support us remembering those experiences. No,
1: absolutely not.
0: Western civilization has done its utmost to put us into what is referred to as an I-it relationship with the world and with life. Since the move towards an enlightened humanism during the Renaissance, our whole experience of the world has shifted toward the belief that it is an object and that human beings are a collective subject. So, there's a lot that's building up too. And then she shares a myth. Mm-hmm. And then it's really good. So, we'll get there eventually.
1: <laughs> You're doing a good job.
0: We stop believing in the soulfulness of all life except for our own when we shift from an I thou connection to an I it connection with the world. And soon we cannot remember how to be in relationship with it at all. So, basically,. Um, we're primed from the beginning to see ourselves as separate from everyone else, right? You are you, I'm me. Um,
1: You're unique. You're unique. special. Your there's like a song lyric which is like this cringiest thing for me to say, but it, I literally, I love it. Um, and I always think of the Grinch, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? Where they like they're, they all live on a snowflake. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about the world, like, their entire world lives on a snowflake. And, like, one little single snowflake in our li- our lives has an entire ecosystem. You know what I mean? Anyways, there's a um, song lyric. So, like, I was somehow raised be- to believe I was somehow unique. F- then it was like, it's like, I would rather be a functioning cog in some great machinery or something like that. It's a Fleet <laughs> Fox song basically talking about like i don't want to be unique i'd rather be a part of something that's functioning and that's bigger and that i am a community and that i am a part of i don't want to be unique i don't want to be special i want to be a helpful piece and a functioning cog of life in society and i just oh i love it i love
0: that as a lyric too yeah
1: i I didn't do it justice because i haven't heard the song in a long time. but that's what Mm. that made me think of And I like that because there's always so many songs and so many like things media wise and they're like embrace you. What makes you unique, which is still helpful, which is still great. I do think we should embrace embrace the things that do make us unique. But remembering that we are a part of the difference between
0: individualism and hyper individualism. I agree. So soldiers going to war are encouraged to view the enemy as an object, not people. Um, when you go to war, you're taught to call the people you're fighting derogatory names to further emphasize the idea that these people aren't human and that's why it's Ugh. okay to kill them. It says, but the soul is not so easily fooled. Mm-mm. It says, like, who you no. are deep down kind of knows the truth and it ultimately won't allow you to lie to yourself. No,
1: I mean, look at what's happening in Russia and, or with Russia and Ukraine. Mm. These soldiers didn't think that they were going to do the things that they're asked, being asked and told to do now. They don't so yeah want to they're just kind of things. following the
0: orders of their home country and
1: yeah and and their leaders and they don't want to be doing and
0: they're and we're kind of seeing this play out in real time because like now we're also seeing russian soldiers not as people but as just like objects of evil and not necessarily as individual humans also mm-hmm. and so the body also knows and cannot lie to itself the body remembers the truth of what has been perceived in extraordinary moments so Soldiers at war pierce that veil we were talking about of everyday reality through stress and through unendurable circumstances in which they find themselves, and in the moment of perhaps killing somebody else, have the profound realization, though maybe buried deep in the unconscious, of their oneness with life. Um, Thanatos and Eros are the two sides of the same coin, and one feels often most alive in the moment of narrowly escaping death. So when this experience is in conjunction with the killing of another person, the significance of this must be at its peak and at its most poignant. And I thought that was really fascinating. This idea that you're kind of uh, trained and told to be one way. And then on, on a battlefield, for instance... Something about that inevitably pierces like every veil, Mm -hmm. right? Like it pierces every person. Yeah. And every person has a moment, even if it's fleeting, Mm -hmm. to realize that this uh, I'm a human being, and that's a human being, and like killing others is really ultimately killing myself. And we're Mm -hmm. not we're not different. You know, we're all Mm -hmm. one organism on the earth. Right. So basically, it's just saying like having that understanding and like that realization and. Like that spiritual understanding can ultimately lead people to develop ptsd and like this is like mm-hmm. a it's kind of hard to quantify with science because we're talking about feelings and myth yeah. and legends and stuff like that but like she feels like her experience working with these people that it feels the most true right for her and her community and i've never really heard that before no that's that really was...
1: interesting it's so crazy too because it's like every situation is so different and it's you know there's statistics and there's things that you can kind of talk about generally but there's always like exceptions to the rules or there's always things that like really change the dynamic of it like thinking about you know um maybe maybe a lethal injection for someone who has done who is a serial killer or who has done horrible things to children or like Mm -hmm. you know does that change things once somebody else is without reason or cause? I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just saying like, it's completely different. Yeah. It's completely different than what you're talking about, but it's not in the sense that it's it like, it follows
0: the thematic line. Yeah.
1: Of like, this is another person that I'm connected to life wise. Like we all are human, but at the same time, like there are things that I don't know. It's different. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like the grand scheme of like, Killing somebody, <laughs> you know what I mean. Murder, murder. Whether it's like on a battlefield or you know, yeah, through like a. I mean, ideally, we just or... wouldn't
0: kill each other at all. And Obviously, <laughs>
1: okay. I love that little Libra moon. Why can't we just like? Why can't we all just stop pick and get along,
0: <laughs> So our society also shows its sickness quite simply by the amount of time and money we devote to war instead of peace. Ugh. Um the amount of money we like, suction away and keep away from art, keep away from education, keep away from the health of our citizens, and we provide as little support as possible to those who need it the most, the elderly, the children, the battered. And it's just saying how, like, this shadow on our societies, this profound loneliness, and then when we send people away to battle, Mm, and they realize that they're fighting for that, ultimately. Yeah. Like, they're fighting for a society that is ultimately broken. And it's just talking about that piercing of that veil, right? Like, this total moment of understanding yeah, you and just it kind of goes like, away eternally jaded to oh everything. absolutely and um are you ready for the myth
1: i'm ready
0: so this is actually um a pygmy myth and it's it's called the most beautiful bird song and it comes from central africa um a young boy heard the most beautiful song in the forest he followed the sound of the song until he found the bird that was singing the song He asked the bird if he could come home with him and the bird agreed. The boy asked his father if they could take care of the bird and feed it. And reluctantly, the father agreed, not seeing any advantage to this type of behavior. After the meal, the bird flew away. The next day, the boy again followed the beautiful song and again asked the bird to follow him home to share a meal. The father got annoyed about feeding the bird. And the third day, again, the bird followed the boy home. But when they arrived, the father stated that their food was too precious to share with this bird. The father then asked the boy to run an errand for him. And when the boy was gone, the father took the bird into the forest and killed it.
1: Oh, my God. And I love the, mythology. I just
0: and with the death of the bird, the song died as well. And with the song, the father died. For the bird was gone forever, and the most beautiful song in the forest was gone forever, and so was the man. Wait,
1: what? And... Wait, what? I had
0: to think about that, right? Okay, For like five minutes. I read it and read it again. And I was like, okay, so like man kills nature and then he dies. So like I felt like it was more like us. um, And it's like our rejection of nature and like hoarding ultimately kills us it doesn't give us longevity and mm-hmm. um it was also just about like the author unfortunately didn't really ex- Go into depth
1: explain how mythos. she
0: thought this myth yeah tied in and that's okay and that's okay
1: I, I think it was interesting still
0: and but also like obviously there's that theme of like
1: murder like the
0: man kills the bird because he because the bird is just a nuisance. Or like mm-hmm. this man can't afford to feed this bird or whatever. This bird is doing something so mm-hmm. the man kills it. Mm-hmm. I guess that could be like an allegory for like war too. Mm-hmm. And so like someone is doing something we don't like or is like annoying annoying to us and we kill it. Kill him. But ultimately that it just kind of kills us too. And like doesn't that seem right? obvious but... So
1: maybe he died of like regret or like remorse.
0: Something. I don't know. Or maybe it was just instant karma maybe but he had
1: like a blood clot I don't know <laughs> and it was unrelated it was just, just a coincidence was, like
0: uh, da, 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 da. I just thought that this whole concept and this whole article and this whole journal was really interesting and I really enjoyed just thinking about thinking of something in our society that is so terrible through the lens of a myth yeah in a, in like a academic uh, approach to it too
1: interesting Well.
0: What do you have for us?
1: I was trying to think of how to segue that, and, um...
0: I know it came at us heavy-handed today.
1: That was really intense, and I don't know how to do that.
0: War! War War never never changes.
1: And the birdie that is murdered. (laughs) Um, I have been thinking a lot about this idea of opposites attract. And I mm-hmm. think that it's, you know, maybe been touched on here and there. Okay. On yeah. the outskirts of some of the the topics. Or I actually the episodes think we did a psychology
0: article on that once before. Something really basic.
1: Okay. Well, I'm thinking about it again, so I think it's mm-hmm. a good it's time to, revisit. to like revisit it. And I think why I'm I've been really stuck on this is because there's been a lot of transits that I find are going around right now, Mm -hmm. um, that are really influential to me. And so naturally I want to like compare and contrast and kind of see how it's relating or not relating to my loved ones in my life. And what's so interesting is, is that, and I've mentioned this before, but everybody in this household is got opposition, charts, basically. So, like, I have a Virgo rising, and that places all my signs and planets in certain houses accordingly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you and George both have Pisces rising, which is the opposition sign of Virgo, which means your charts are the, the planets that, or the signs that rule the houses in your chart are the opposite signs that rule my chart. Basically, when there is a planet that transits or changes signs or moves into a new house, It's moving into one house for me and the opposite house for you guys. And so, for example... (laughs)
0: That's really helpful for you, I'm sure. When everyone's having an opposite house experience. I mean,
1: it is and it isn't. I mean, I just think that it's interesting because this idea of like opposites attract. You know, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, like I, from my perspective, have attracted... To Two opposites. people that are opposite in in us in some ways to me. I mean, we have similarities because we're both have Virgo placements. So you're not a Virgo rising, you're a Virgo sun. Um, but you know, our charts are opposite um in the sense that like again, the mm-hmm. signs that rule the houses are in, in the opposite spaces for us. And again, George He's got Scorpio sun. My moon is the opposite of that. It's Taurus. So not only do we have opposition charts with me being a Virgo rising, him being a Pisces rising, um, his sun is opposite my moon. Like there's a lot that can come with that. Um, And I've been also thinking, like, if you put, like, if you do what's called sinistry in astrology, you can put two charts together mm. and see the compatibility, and it's a really big thing. It's not something that I deal a whole bunch with. I've played around with it. It's never been something to date that I've been super interested in, um, so maybe I'll get there in the future. But um, some astrologers, like, focus really heavily on things like synastry and stuff. And, you know, if you put George and mine's chart together, like, it's, like, bad. Like, (laughs) so, so bad. Because there's, like, all these, like, oppositions and squares and everything. And I've never had a more healthy, um, challenging, but, like, beautiful relationship with somebody. Like, this is the longest relationship. And it's just so helpful and solid and, like, structured. Mm -hmm. And... I think if it was too easy, if, if we were the same, I wouldn't feel like I'm being challenged. Mm-hmm. And same thing with you. We are very similar, but we are very opposite. And the, and the ways that we're opposite, I feel like are really compatible with each other. And we understand that. And we see that. But I guess I just wanted to open up this topic mostly because you know, I've been thinking about these transits like Jupiter just went into Aries and that's transiting my eighth house right now of other people's money and resources, which means my husband and my roommate and best friend (laughs) Skylar have Jupiter transiting the second house of money and resources. So while that planet is, creating fire and action and movement and gifts and expansion in your guys' second house of money and possession, it's transiting my eighth house of other people's (laughs) money and other people's resources. So basically you okay I'll it's so
0: funny that you say that I've just had so much extra cash yeah literally yeah. these last few weeks for I love no that. for no reason yeah. I, I'm not even making more money or anything that's
1: stupid baby I just don't understand and you guys guess what Jupiter's gonna be in Aries in your second house until basically like October like middle of October it'll retrograde back into Spend. Pisces it'll retrograde back into Pisces from like middle of October to the end of December and then it's gonna be in in aries for majority of 2023 so like whatever's gonna happen this summer and in the fall um most of the fall is gonna give you a little taste of what 2023 can bring to you too so i wouldn't say spend but i would say like if you're feeling good vibes okay spend it baby (laughs) spend it you deserve it i just think it's so funny because i'm thinking about this concept of like i really opposite attracted the right type of people in my life because it's transiting your guys' money and mm-hmm. resources, and it's transiting like other people's money and resources. So it's like, <laughs> what are you guys going to buy me? What yeah. are you guys going to do for me? Because I guess
0: you already kind of got things. I,
1: okay, so I was thinking about this. Um, I'm going to post some questions and stuff, but I'm just like laying the basis of why I've been thinking about this so much, I guess. Jupiter and Aries in the eighth house. That's where mine is It's transiting for me. Eighth house is other people's things, mm-hmm. other people's money. Like I just said, Jupiter is gifts. And Aries is quickness. It's now. I, I want it and I want it now. And that we literally, literally just randomly went happened. to an antique store. We bought somebody else's item that on was site. used on site, spontaneous. And I said, I want it and I want, I want it, now. it now. And you <laughs> spent your money and gave it to me. I was like, bitch.
0: This, this is, is literally Jupiter in the 8th house. literally could yeah. be
1: any better. There's been a couple instances. Other than that, for me, how oh, I've already found Jupiter and Aries, but that's going to be a separate thing. If you all are listening and you have not seen my new Mercurial Monday vi- uh, video that I put out on my YouTube channel, May's Mercurial Monday video is all about Jupiter and Aries. So if you want to know more about it and understand it more in detail, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Samantha Menzo. But I'm assuming that everyone listening to this knows that. So we're moving on. It's not just about Jupiter and Aries, but those are the sorts of things that were getting my my Attention. wheels. and the fact that the eclipses we're in the middle of two eclipses, major eclipses right now. And wherever those eclipses are happening for me, they're happening in the opposite houses for both of my roommates, you know, for my husband and my best friend who I both live with. So I just think it's funny that every time we have transits or major things happen to us we're all going through it in the same sort of energy level, just maybe from the opposite ends of the spectrum, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now that I've laid the ground for like why I've been thinking about it, I did look up an article. I read it literally like four or five days ago. So, and it really wasn't the best article, but it did help me. I mean, okay, it,
0: speaking of which mood, babe, <laughs> okay, we, we, when was, do we bring quality I mean, articles it, no, here? No, but I'm
1: glad that I read it because it brought up some more like kind of areas that that this kind of
0: expands
1: mm-hmm. to. It was from BetterHelp.
0: I don't even know that.
1: I think it's um a space... Like, you'll probably see ads for it now that I'm talking about it on your Is phone. it like the
0: therapy? Yeah,
1: I think it's the therapy. So I think I didn't know they had articles and stuff too. But it says, Do opposites attract? Here's what science said. This was wrote, first of all, this year, okay, by Joanna Szymkowski.
0: No, just a few weeks ago too.
1: Medically reviewed by Dr. Sonia Bruner, okay. This is the most sexist. Fucking article oh, I have God. ever so we I'm not gonna read mm-hmm. from the article. I'm really not.
0: So much pop psychology is so sexist for no reason. So
1: incredibly sexist, and it's it's so bad. But there are things
0: that were interesting. That like
1: made my That's brain the, kinda go like mm-hmm, the eternal you know? struggle. Um so opposites attract if you're dealing with magnets, and I talk about magnets in astrology a lot, or even when I teach tarot. Um, like I was just going over the twos with my one-on-one students and ta- and I used magnets as an analogy to talk about the ways in which certain elements can interact with each other. So when I saw this, I was like, yeah, okay. Opposites attract. Sometimes magnets push each other away and sometimes they click together and sometimes they're neutral and do nothing. Um, But it says opposites attract if you're dealing with magnets. With people and relationships, it gets complicated. And I found this interesting because it says this age old saying opposites attract dates back to at least the 1800s and is translated into many different languages shared in many cultures. But so is the adage birds of a feather flock together the theory has been studied for years and modern science continues the exploration aiming to pinpoint which saying is true when it comes to the human interaction. And obviously like they the article continues and goes through like both perspectives of birds of a feather flock together plus opposites attract and how both are equally
0: both are true. Are somehow. true in
1: some in some way somehow. So you know, does it have to be one or the other kind of thing. But and then it literally goes into, like, On TV, we watched the beauty bell fall in love with the beast. We gushed for the underprivileged and uneducated Cinderella that has been swept off her feet by the rich and the titled prince. We rejoiced when Ariel the mermaid searched for ways to get rid of her fins and marry her prince Eric. Mm-hmm. Lucy and Ricky, Bella and Edward. Television is filled with the portrayals of people who are wrong for each other.
0: Um, I like how it said television when these were all like cinema. These are cinematic masterpieces. <laughs> Masterpiece. And you can't just call them made for TV movies. I know. Also, I, know. I don't appreciate the way that it said Cinderella was like unkempt <laughs> Un- and uneducated. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the birds were teaching her. <laughs> yeah, she didn't watch uh, the alone, movie. Did you
1: even watch it? <laughs> She's actually really smart. She's actually really fucking smart. <laughs>
0: Anyway, sorry keep going no, i don't I don't so want to funny. pick that apart no
1: no i know i i wanted to read that because i just thought it was so bad <laughs> um i mean it, do, it does say that oh, although over 80 percent of people believe opposites attract it's not necessarily true and i just thought mm-hmm. like that i don't know where you got that percentage from but if that is true that 80 percent of people think opposites attract like what part of that are they referencing are they referencing because this this article is based off of mostly relationships and Mm -hmm. it gets real heavy into that later. Like a woman wants a man that's submissive if they're dominant and a man (laughs) who's dominant wants a woman who's submissive technically and statistically it shows. Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: does go into saying like, yada, yada, that basically this, this statistics show that it's more likely that if you are, one if you feel like you're more dominant
0: like a daddy dom
1: uh, yeah if you're a daddy dom <laughs> you're more likely to attract someone who is more submissive and here it says it's very sexist and very like oh, no. gender bias and whatever but I it doesn't matter like let's just like get rid of that and just say that like yeah. if you if you have a more dominant personality you tend to attract someone who's more submissive and vice versa um so t-
0: Statistically shown. And Mm -hmm. I thought
1: that that was interesting. And I was like trying to go back to like
0: my relationships. Those relationships work, right? They make sense if one's dominant and one's submissive. Like, it doesn't have to be toxic and terrible. No, and it doesn't
1: mean that you can't if you're both dominant or you're both submissive. Because obviously, I'm like super dominant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: I've only Um, actually, I'm like obviously super submissive. And I'm only ever in relationships with people that are also super submissive. So.
1: Yeah, so that, that's basically what I was trying to, like, I don't know. I had a couple yeah, questions right? for you specifically, mm-hmm. and it really does. It's like, okay, I don't really know where I <laughs> land on this. I just find it really fascinating. I know astrologically how I think this is very cool and how opposites attract and, you know, are interesting to me. But so, like, I want you to think back. Of your history of your relationships and okay. um, Let's go way first back. romantically, like just in the whole timeline, and if you think that consistently you've attracted opposite uh, or what you would consider more of an opposite of yes, you, yes,
0: I would mm-hmm. say that. Like I usually attract people that are like louder than me, or on the flip side, way quieter than me, or. Uh, usually, I attract people that have no religious beliefs. Oh. Um, usually, I attract people that are just so different from me. I don't, but like, opposite is a strong word, so mm-hmm. I'm just no, kinda, I I'm kind of thinking along the lines of completely different, not necessarily right. opposite. It's
1: more so like, like I'm good and they're evil. Those, <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's clear. Um, no, so. It's more so like thinking about whether you think that they're more of like birds of a feather flock together or if it's like opposites attract. So I, I know it's like not it doesn't have to be for that. For me,
0: I think it is more birds of a feather, but we're just um, a very like diverse flock of feathers in the same I hate flock. You. <laughs> the
1: of way. feathers. She doesn't even go here! You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, I do. I'm just teasing.
0: Also, I think that... I think I come across as, as like, a submissive. But I think that in relationships, I actually am the dominant one.
1: Okay.
0: What do you think?
1: Um... I don't know if you're dominant or else... I don't know if it... I don't know.
0: I don't know. Like, I'm a top.
1: (laughs) I feel like... More so it's that you are like, <laughs> you have boundaries mm-hmm. and it's not so much of like, you're going to be like telling people what to do more so than like, this is how mm. it is. You like it or you don't. Yes. So or it's more like,
0: people, or it's more like, I feel like I'm more, I'm very dominant about so my I own guess that, space.
1: Yeah. I feel like then, then you would be dominant. Like you're not just going to be like, but I don't know, I at guess- the same time you are so submissive. Yes. You're just like, yeah, okay, whatever you want. Okay, whatever, you want sure, sure, yeah. whatever. That's, that's uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine.
0: I'm <laughs> so happy. <laughs> so, um. So, I. For You let me just See, pre- let me just guess for you, okay? Yeah, no, okay, the
1: whole timeline of my because we're gonna talk about friendships and like, other know, things outside of. I feel friendship. like I've
0: heard like dozens of stories about your past relationships.
1: Yeah, I do have definitely not heard them all, but like,
0: you've no, the and I don't benefits, think anyone so ever will. No,
1: and I don't think they should. So,
0: <laughs> no happy person that, should hear no, all of your stories.
1: No, no, they really shouldn't. <laughs>
0: I think that your earlier relationships were more birds of a feather fuck together, but not because they were so similar to you, but more like they, um, they were like more similar to you. Like that's my Yeah, I don't really know. Like they weren't opposites, but they weren't necessarily close to you. They were like kind of hovering in that middle ground. Yeah. Like they were adjacent Mm -hmm. to you. And then I feel like as you've gotten older, you've attracted more opposite. So
1: I feel like when I first started um, being in relationships with people, they were very much dominant people Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be dominant and I had traits that felt like like you said that they were like... It was very much like on the same level as me, but I would say that I attracted I attracted more dominant people than I than I, and then there was like some sort of weird switch somewhere in there where it flipped, and I for a for a handful of years, I would say a lot of years, I only dated very passive,
0: weak, pathetic submissive. Weak,
1: <laughs> yes. Weak, uh, not weak, uh, yeah, weak, um, very submissive, sensitive, uh, almost annoyingly submissive Mm -hmm. men and women. So, I don't know what that was, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what was that, guys, (laughs) but then all of a sudden a switch turned back on and it was like, oh, there might be too much, like, of an imbalance uh, here. And it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily have to be with dominance. I just used that specific like example because the article so many things. Yes, because the article did spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, But you know, in my current relationship with George, I would say we're equally matched an energy of like submissive and dominant like there are times and in spaces where we do both like and i feel like when you think about personality george and i are completely opposite like Mm. he you know and the ways that we live our life the way that we you know approach certain things um I like to plan. I like to take my time. I like to really understand every aspect, every detail of something. And he's like, no, let's just do it. Don't even think about it. I'll figure it out. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. There's so many things in which we are so opposite. Um, and again, I, maybe I'm just so clear on who we are individually and as a team. Cause I look at so much and also just studying our astrology charts. Like I can see how, how our opposites are not really opposites and astrology. Like I've said before, opposites, there is oppositions, but opposites are just kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, squares and things like that are much more opposite, or even signs that are right next to each other are much more opposite sometimes than actual opposites. I'm getting a little off topic here, but I'm just thinking like I, I love that
0: concept. Though. I don't
1: know what happened.
0: Like the people that are adjacent to us are yeah. can be much more problematic to us than people that are actually our opposites right you know
1: yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know like if you think about like gemini and the opposition of sagittarius you know those signs really symbolize and talk about a lot of education and learning and um your immediate environment and the outer environment and things that are Um, travel and knowledge and language and and communication and information and they're both really wrapped up into the same sort of concepts but on different ends of the scale like one of them is much more immediate and one of them is much more expansive Um, but if you go to Gemini and you go to to, to the right or to the left of it and you take a look at like Cancer energy or Taurus energy like bitch those signs are so different like they are so different Um, you know, I I don't know It if once you start thinking about it in that way, it really, I don't know, it just kind of hurts your brain a little bit. And then when you expand on like relationships that you have and not even astrologically, like thinking about your friendships now, right? Like Mm -hmm. your friendships or even like maybe coworkers or situations that you've had to be in where you're around people all the time, you know? Do you think that you approach it in the same way, consciously or unconsciously, about, you know, attracting people that are similar to you or opposite to you? And maybe I work and friendships are completely separate. I feel like I
0: have this archetype of a woman that <gasps> finds me.
1: Stop. I think the same thing. <laughs> Shut up. And it's a, it's like, oh, my, there's you this, go. There,
0: there is this female archetype listeners yes. that no matter where I go, she finds
1: me. <laughs> I swear to God, I have had five different scenarios in which I feel like that is true, and I keep... like for me. No, no. <laughs> for me, that's so crazy. You've never told me that before.
0: You know what I'm talking about? It's you. Yeah, you are the f- archetype <laughs> that. Keeps... Oh, 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 oh! Actually, that we
1: keep... have talked about that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Keeps yeah. No,
0: no, that keeps finding me everywhere I go. No, no, you
1: keep finding.
0: No, they find me.
1: How did I find you? You literally found me. You put yourself a...
0: on the internet for me to find you.
1: That's. So he literally that way. just said <laughs> for me to find you. You messaged me, bitch. This is your fault.
0: Listen, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to get ahead of them <laughs> <laughs> before they can come get you.
1: <laughs> so before I found Skylar, <sighs>
0: I you found needed you. To find but you don't talking
1: about. No, I know. It's like this very lesbian esque dominant. Yes. Older sister, older sister vibes vibes.
0: Woman who like knows what she wants and knows what I want when I don't know what I want. I don't
1: then, yeah, for sure. I don't
0: know, and they find me. Yeah and like I'm just that's just what how it is. Yeah, you I know feel like and you're
1: pretty comfortable I, with that archetype I feel though. Like,
0: why run from fate? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to outrun it, people. Okay, well,
1: yours is a little <laughs> bit more supportive than mine. Mine's very trauma-based, but...
0: Oh, do you keep attracting a terrible archetype Yes,
1: a thor And so I finally was just like, <clears throat> you know what? I'm... I've had, like... Um, <laughs> I would say, like... I think it's five... The same archetype, same sort of scenarios, same sort of issues uh, that keep kind of weaving itself in and out of different scenarios. And don't worry... People, I realize that I am part of the problem. I'm in therapy, okay? But I do think that it's funny that, like, I think that I'm clear of this archetype in this person, and then all of a sudden it just comes back, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, okay, now this is coming at me. It's the same sort of thing, but at a different angle, so now how is this a chance for me to try and Mm -hmm. understand and unveil the fucking shadow within this? And I just... I'm sure many spiritually inclined, self-aware people who are mostly our listeners. I bet a lot of people have,
0: listen. Like, like,
1: relate to that relate in some to way. That.
0: This idea that we attract the same type of person over and over again, and it's almost, like, unexplainable. Right. And okay, like,
1: so now I want to ask, I'm not switching the topic, but I'm switching, like, the for question, right? So, okay, so we've established relationships, friendships, maybe even just an archetype that might keep coming to us. What about animals? I know that you didn't have animals, but maybe from what you've observed... I had a hamster
0: named (laughs) Pupinia. How could you forget?
1: How similar or different did you feel like that hamster was to To you? To Phoebe?
0: Oh. No, to you. (laughs) Sorry, I was just like doing mental (laughs) cross-references. Well, Pupinia was very similar to me. Okay. Um, Lots of rest. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of anxious running on the wheel. Um, drank lots of water. Um, wasn't too picky. Okay. Like you know, did what you know she made do with mm-hmm. the space that she had.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I feel like Pupina was similar to me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. See this jumpy. Is,
1: this she was. I literally <laughs> scared you today when you came. I was hit by the front door and I went ah, and you like, <laughs> I just love scaring Skylar. Um. I think that this is interesting because once you think about the dynamics of like human mm-hmm. interaction of either like birds of a feather flock together or opposites attract, and then you think about animals and not even just the animals that you've had, but the animals that you know other people have had. Like, obviously, Phoebe is literally me, she doesn't play. <laughs> She literally thinks that she's the opposite of what she's so dikey. Okay, she is very food aggra- uh, like a very food influenced, food driven, food driven. I wouldn't say she's food aggressive, but she's no, definitely food, food driven. driven. Um,
0: Will go outside.
1: Will go outside. Wants but to run away at all costs.
0: But it's, when it's time to come is home. Is it we'll
1: needy? Come home. But then can have very hard spells of neediness. <laughs> Like for the most part, she wants to be left alone. She wants to have her own space. But then when it's time for her to get attention, she will do it. There's, no, there's no. There's stopping no stopping her. Option. I really relate to that. Um, <laughs> you know, and you know, there's a whole bunch of this could be a whole other topic of like the dogs learn from our energy and learn from our behaviors. So maybe the dog isn't like that. But it's learned to be like that. But either way, I think statistically from in, what i've seen in my life from people i know people's animals are like birds of a feather flock together oh, like gosh. you look at a person or you know a person and then you know their dog or their you know their animals or you know their cats and they are one and the same mm-hmm. i don't know if you f- agree with that but like i'm
0: thinking about it as you're saying it <laughs>
1: I just think that it's interesting how my, my
0: hamster is such a tough example in my brain.
1: Well, think about everybody in your life that like think about pets that you had growing up and maybe how they were, they weren't related to maybe Like
0: my mom's army of chihuahuas. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Like if like if... or
1: even our friends that have animals. I yeah. feel like our friends animals are so similar to their personalities.
0: Yeah. Even
1: like when I look at my stepkids' dogs, like Michaela is such okay AJ's a cap- dog
0: is is AJ. AJ,
1: right? And even though Michaela helped to train him, and it's kind of both of their dogs, AJ's dog is AJ. And Michaela's Just dog. Chill. Is No, it's like happy little lab, fine with whatever, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 just long for the ride, just wants to have a good time. And mikhail's dog, Apollo, is a blue heal- healer. This is such Capricorn vibes, dude. My stepdaughter He's is like such a badass. Clock. He is always on the clock. He is a working <laughs> dog. He is, you give it, he wants commands all the time. He wants to be working all the time, which is good because that's what his breed is and she's incredible with him. But like my stepdaughter has two jobs. She mm. is like such a hard worker. She's so mature. She's so like big Capricorn energy. <laughs> and then my stepdon's my stepson AJ has like five planets in Libra and he has this like happy little go like Go lucky dog. Go lucky lab. <laughs> and I just feel like they're I feel like
0: if the universe can do us all energies. one favor, send us pets that love us for who we are and match our energy like is that so much to ask god no
1: and you know what i feel like it's happening so anyways there was some more stuff i wanted to get into with this topic but it it didn't really matter what we addressed i just kind of wanted to Mm -hmm. get the brains percolating on this idea of opposites attract and the ways in which we can maybe relate to it or or maybe relate more to birds of a feather flock together and you know, opposites attracting, is it necessarily a good or a bad thing? That was something that we didn't really get into, and the article did go over more of, like, um, you know, the ways in which opposites help us and the ways that it might...
0: Ruin everything.
1: ...challenge things. Oh. And that's me... That's me giving it a good way that they described <laughs> it, because it literally gets very tricky.
0: Are you a diva? <laughs> yeah. Men don't life. like
1: when you talk back. Like, it's like, oh. what is it? Look, even if we accept the research's conclusions, it says, good girl, bad boy couples in the world fit into the... Like, it's just really bad. But it did get me thinking, and it was something that was good for, like, mm-hmm. uh, prompting this. So maybe uh, my next topic will kind of, like, morph into something else because there's more I want to say on this but maybe
0: oh yeah we'll save your questions for next time we're here every week
1: oh my god I forgot
0: we've literally talked about every topic
1: yeah, that's why I was like, I know that we've... Well, it's so funny because why not the just article talked do it two times about, in a row? I know, like, right? It's speaking... A year <laughs> later, and everything we say, all of our opinions are completely different. <laughs> Literally. Um, no, one of the things in the article talked about, too, was pheromones, and we've definitely talked multiple times about, like, the smells of our partners, the smells mm, of our friends. Stink or, like, sometimes. Yeah, and, like, how we're attracted to, like...
0: A good pit. Yeah. Like an armpit.
1: It's like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because we're sick and twisted. Speaking
1: of sick and twisted. (gasps) Our listeners. listeners. (laughs) Thank you so much to these following lovely people. These are our supporters. These are the people that financially... Fund us and support us every month, and we truly appreciate every single one of you. Thank you to Julie C., Anna M., Heather A., Alyssa S., Rebecca PK., Teresa D., Dominic B., Melanie W., Catherine L., Jesse D., David B., and Karen R. Sorry, I just thought of something so funny that no. Melanie W. is one of our supporters, and I we love and adore Melanie. But sometimes we talk about stories of our supporters, or our listeners, or like people or clients, and we just leave the names out because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know if they want us to be talking about them and they don't have mm. the option to say it when we're live. Yeah. Oh,
0: hell no. Keep my name out your mouth. Yeah,
1: and some people are like, no, 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 please, please, please. But we can't. Sometimes in the moment, it's just better to just like say, say like someone or our mm-hmm. listener or like a client. You know what I mean? Um, and you mentioned the train that she sent you. Did she yes. mes- send you a message? Yes. Melanie, I was screaming at that. So, like, Skylar Wait, had told a story. To Sky- Wait, what she say to you? Wait, what she said to you? Skylar had told a story, I think it was last week, about the train that a mm-hmm. supporter, a listener had sent. And um didn't name her <laughs> you just said like that listener and she sent me like a logo that she said she wanted permission to like print oh my out of god this yes it shirt. said and that it said, like, listener it's like speaking of which and then it just said that listener <laughs> underneath <laughs> She sent him this heartfelt, like, super sweet, like, gift and everything, and he just, she, was, I just, I was screaming. I thought when was she sent that so to me, funny. I
0: was rolling. Yeah, I, I was imagined it on a shirt too. That was literally,
1: our merch. <laughs> and just like in quotations, like that listener. I just think that's so uh, Melanie, fucking funny. Melanie, please let us
0: purchase the rights to oh that design God, to I, make merch.
1: I literally, I was screaming. I thought it was so funny um so thank you for the laugh this week melanie melanie we love you and mm-hmm. you will always be that listener <laughs> perhaps the only and the <laughs> <laughs> thank you to everybody else on this list who support us uh okay that's it i don't want to keep it too long you guys know the spiel i won't go through the rest of it but like share and subscribe, yeah, like, share, subscribe. hit that thumbs up hit that button. like button <laughs> okay bye